Welcome to the Phantom Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, it's your host, Brandon. Thank you all for coming today. On today's episode of the podcast, we have Jake's Fantasy Football. Some of you may know Jake's Fantasy Football from his blog, his Twitter. He's one of the larger independent fantasy football creators. Just has some great stuff, some good insights. Please go check his stuff out. We plug it in at the podcast, and all of his information will be in the description as well. As usual, we're brought to you by Phantom Sports Industries. Join us at phantomsportsindustries.com for all your sports section needs on the internet. We have stories from all your favorite leagues, NFL, Super Bowl stories, NBA, wrestling, uh, anything you need. We have it, soccer, all the things. So yeah, stop on by. The team's been working hard there. Also, please check out some of other Phantom Sports Industries podcasts, the Phantom Football Podcast, Tricky Tricky Takes, Odds on favorite, great podcast, great times, getting some more projects out and rolling from the Phantom team. Hopefully, I can get involved with some of them as well. I'll be sure to tweet them out. But uh, yeah, without further ado, uh, this episode pretty much speaks for itself. Jake's Fantasy Football had a great conversation about fantasy, all the things, preseason, offseason chat. So yeah, with that being said, Let's not uh, waste any more time, and uh, let's get into the episode. everybody here we are phantom fantasy football podcast as always brought to you by phantom sports industries and joining us on the podcast today we have the notorious jake jake's fantasy football on jake's ff jake's ffootball.com and on twitter at jake's f football one of the largest private uh twitter followings communities on uh, Twitter, we're so happy that you came to join us today, Jake. How you doing tonight? Uh, pretty good. I, I didn't know I was notorious, but I, you know, I I wouldn't doubt that I have a bunch of haters out there. Or something, <laughs> you know? I, I would say I would say you draw a reach though, so you, you can kind of anticipate notorious. I'd say, yeah, at least noteworthy. Sure. So yeah, um, no yeah. no shame there. So I guess let's just get into it because um, I just like I like. Sp- speaking about content and just how like you know how people get into building twitter followings and youtube channels and things like that so how how did you get your start with the blog and fantasy football and uh well okay first off when did you get into fantasy football first and foremost and then when did you get on the on the blogging slash content creating side of it well uh i started doing fantasy football stuff when i was a middle schooler many years ago <laughs> uh and you know i had a friend who was like hey you should play this game it's fun it's cool and i'm like i don't even like football it's kind of stupid <laughs> and then he's like no no it's a cool game it's a lot of fun and i'm like all right whatever and then you know i almost instantly became obsessed and watched every game i could and you know tried to get really good waiver pickups all the time pick up players before other people thought about it that kind of stuff uh, you know and yeah, that's, that's how I got into it is from a, from a friend dragging me in and then, you know, everything 
went on from there. Then I played football in high school and, you know, just kept having a league every year for a long, long time. And then, uh, like my blog, I started that in 2016 and mainly it was just kind of like, you know, you know, you think that you're really good at this because you win a bunch yeah. and then you try to explain it to people and take notes. And uh, it's it's evolved a lot over the years. Um, but mainly why I got into it is because I would babble on and on and talk to people forever and talk their ear off if they said something about football around me. And my wife told me, you shouldn't do that. You, know, <laughs> you should uh, put it in a blog instead. I'm like, all right, fine. And now... Now I at least direct it more towards people who care a little yep, more, you yep. know. Oh no, w- wives are the best to keep us in check when when we when we start uh, <laughs> we start going off on our own tangents. So um especially yeah. when it comes to football, not not as many people interested as we are. So um yeah. Right. That's that's awesome. So um and I guess like what 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 got the Twitter going? Like the tw- Oh, the tw- okay. You, like, so there is some I... gasoline that got thrown on that. Yeah, yeah, there is. So that's that's quite a story too. So like when I first made the blog, I made the social media sure. sites for all of them. And all I did was just log in, dump a link to my stuff and log out. And that was it. And then, you know, I thought like, you know, eventually this will catch on. People will like this and it'll take off. And no, no, <laughs> that's not how that works. Nope. Uh, I mean, it could happen that way. I mean, some people get lucky by just throwing something out there and they get some big viral tweet or whatever, or viral post, and then they get a whole bunch of followers off of it. And then things kind of roll from there. That has not happened to me at all. I don't think I've ever had one go super big. Um, but mainly, well, then I, you know, I realized like, hey, I need to take it. I need to put some effort into these things uh, and, and try try and get things going. And then, you know, I started posting more often on each site and found that Twitter was the the best one to get things going. And then, um, you know, I posted things more often, try to interact with people. And that's what I found worked best was to follow a lot of people and then read their posts, look at their posts and comment on their posts. And then when people like your comment, then they might come and follow you. Mm-hmm. And like, or if you follow somebody, and like, cause you like their post and then you comment on it and they like that comment, that person could follow you. So then, you know, I did that for a while, gained a few thousand followers and I'm like, Oh, okay. I think I can do this. And then I felt like I hit a brick wall. You know, that brick wall is probably the off season. Sure. Yep. <laughs> when nobody's really talking about football. And then I just started following more and more people because what I wanted to do was if I followed more people, then I'd have more people's posts to comment on so then I could grow faster and that was sort of the logic behind that and then I started you know following people back because I'm like hey you know why not these people follow me why don't I follow them back Mm -hmm. and then I'll have more things to comment on and that you know that grew and I became friends with a bunch of people who are all about following people back in sports and stuff and they helped push me into finding a lot of other people and and now I don't even have to do that anymore. I just make my own posts and questions and just, just be consistent about it every day. Sure. And now, you know, I throw something out there, people comment on it. I get a handful of followers every day with pretty low effort. So it's like, oh, you know, yeah. Now I don't have to try so hard and I just keep growing. It's, it's, you know, it's nice. Yeah. It's a, you, it's a, it's an interesting change. So to, to be honest, I first found about, 
your whole community this season. When I joined up with Phantom, some of the guys were already following you. My my huh. Phantom Sports account was already in in your big group, and I was like, "What what is this? And why haven't I heard about it sooner?" And then I I started seeing the blog and stuff. And I was like, "Oh man, this is good stuff!" Like we all like, and so yeah, I couldn't recommend it more, um, especially for the beginner in fantasy football. I, yeah. I think it's like just to get engaged with the community. You don't have to comment on everything. Like you're not eating, right. sleeping, and dreaming about this stuff like Jake and I are. But like you can at least like at least like get some notifications to see like oh what are the big questions and um, what's the discussion happening around it. it. It I think it's a faster way of absorbing quality data and opinions than reading a whole article or watching a video or even listening to a podcast like we're on right now. So uh, yeah, that's just my, my humble opinion on it. So yeah, but um, hmm. I guess just, you know, kind of going on to resources, what, what kind of data and resources do you recommend fantasy managers utilize to get an extra edge on their fellow league mates? It's always something I'm curious about from other people that create content. You don't have to give away all your secrets, but if you want to give us just a taste, that would be awesome. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, my secrets aren't that secret. I sure. try to use the most basic and common information, and I, and I try to share that out, but then also show a little interpretation of like, okay, here's what I see here. Yep. Here's what we're looking at. And this is how you. This is why you think this player is good. It's because of because of this. Um, I usually make it pretty clear, and it's just you know the the stats for a season, the stats for a per game basis, uh, you know fantasy points, fantasy points allowed by a defense, things like that that are just you know pretty simple and, and mostly obvious. But you know the average person doesn't know to look in those places, so you know, that's, that's the idea. No, for sure. I've noticed that too. Like, so say for example, most fantasy platforms just explicitly tell you how a defense is doing against a position group. And it's just sometimes funny to me that people depend so heavily on the projection of the platform, as opposed to the matchup that the, their respective right. player is actually going into. And it's just, it, it cracks me up sometimes when I see that. Yeah, yeah, because the projections, projections are, okay. Uh, one of the things I'm doing right now is is a review of, of everything on the season. And I'm going over running backs and I'm comparing projections sure. in there. And they're, you know, pretty hit and miss. Like, and, and, you know, it's for a whole season as well. Usually what they do is they take this season projection that's pretty you know, it might be good, it might be really bad. And then they just kind of average it out for each game and maybe give you slight bumps and, you know, ups and downs for easier and tougher matchups. And that's not that great. No. <laughs> um, so it's not re always an accurate number. But the other thing I found is like, if it was a good matchup, it, there's a good chance that every back who played that good against that good matchup had their best game against that team too. <laughs> sure. Yeah. No. And I, I attribute to like, so I'm big in the wide receiver world. I'm, I'm notorious for yeah. doing zero RB builds. And mm. the one thing I like about wide receivers kind of like what you're talking about with running backs there for the matchups, 
what I like looking for wide receivers is I like looking for situations that a wide receiver could be really good in. Say there's a lot of injury yeah. injuries on the team. You know that this wide receiver is going to get a lot of attention. Um, and I like telling people to put that element of risk in their lineup. If you're, yeah. especially if you're on the fringes of your league, you have nothing to lose with playing a guy like Josh Palmer in your flexed, yeah. even though you oh, might yeah. have a wide receiver that is projected higher because Josh Palmer is a volume receiver. And it just, it, I just am surprised with how, like you could even say Christian Watson this year. Like I'm just surprised so many mm. people let guys like that collect dust while they in turn went yeah. off and exploded. I suppose Zay Jones would be a good example of that too. In oh, some yeah. games, I made the yeah. mistake of picking him up on waivers and not playing him on his highest scoring week. So that's just something I always challenge people to do is to not look at the projection, but it's fantasy football. There's a lottery element to it. And what do you do when you buy a lottery yeah. ticket? You're kind, you're taking a gamble. So putting that element of risk in your lineup at certain position groups, especially flexes, is is so huge. And I just wish more people would would do that. I think they'd see better outcomes. Oh yeah. So um, just so we can get into this, what what are some things? So now you're working on your end of the year review, and I guess what can you kind of give us that? Um, you've learned this past season that you're going to take into your approach um, analyzing and looking at the data going into next season. Yeah, right. So that's the first thing I started with on my blog was like review the previous season as preparation to start for the next season. It sort of sets you a, a new baseline of, hey, here's what these coaches did with this set of players. And, you know, coaches are going to change players are going to change. Uh, but then on top of that, it also might point you to a player that like did really good mm-hmm. that you didn't hear about that. That's the main thing. It's like, Oh, this was the, the 15th best running back this year and nobody cares who he is. And then you'll see next year, he'll be like being drafted as the 30th running back. And you'll be like, that feels like a good value right there. And that that's what the, uh, this, this uh, season review helps you with mm-hmm. is, You'll see a handful of guys that did really well this year that aren't getting drafted as high as they did the previous year. And then it's just like, huh, you know, that's probably a good value pick. Uh, So I start with that. Uh, Then after the draft, I do a whole bunch of articles on everything that changed for every team. Um, I try to cover all the coaching changes and all the player changes. And, you know, to, to give an idea of, you know, what's changed, what's different. And then that helps you think about like, okay, so how good are they going to be now? What's, you know, what's different. And then I go into the, uh, you know, the summer things, the projections, the predictions and, and all that, and, and try to put as many useful, helpful articles out because Mm -hmm. like July through September is like the busiest time for fantasy football. It seems a lot of people uh, give up early. (laughs) Yep. I have an article series about not giving up early though that I, and a lot of people follow that and they don't give up early and then they end up in the playoffs and, you know, do they make it? I don't know. Not always, but if they make the playoffs, that's, that's a pretty good fantasy season. You know? no, ten, 10 out of 10. And then, you know, cause all you want to do, you just want to taste the playoffs because then if you get in the money, then it's like, yeah. you know, hopefully you, you, my goal is to at least break even 
in my in my big money leagues. If I do that, yeah. I, I chalk that up as a win, and anything else is anything else is just uh, is just cherry on top. So, uh, yeah, couldn't agree with you more. Um, so, on a personal note, how did your fantasy teams do this year? How many leagues are you in? Uh, let me see. Um, I think I was in ten leagues. Which isn't too many. <laughs> and I needed to cut back because I, I missed some easy, good moves this year mm-hmm. that I would normally make. And I was just like, how did I not pick that guy up? What am I doing? And it's just, you know, too busy with other things that I didn't go looking through the waivers on sure. the league and didn't see it. And, you know, just something that I wouldn't normally miss that I did that I'm like, okay, I need to try and cut back my leagues next year because that's this is bad. I, I shouldn't do that. Yep. But I I made it into the championships in eight of them. So Whoa. eight out of ten. I was like, wow, this is awesome. I won none of them. Well, hey, no, but like <laughs> when you think about it though, if you're in if you're in money leagues though, that's still like that's yeah. still second place. So and that that yes. and you just you just gave a really great case for why people need to read your content because if you're getting in eight out of ten championship uh, matchups at the end of the season. I, I'd say that most people would be pretty happy with that. Um, right. I have. It's, it's a lot yeah. of little things that that kind of add up. But yeah, I don't know. Just this year, it seemed like either every team I had in the end there just tanked. Sure. Or, uh, you know, I don't know. Or or it was week seventeen. You know, Buffalo and Bengals related, and it was kind of like a. And yeah, so that, I think that really hurt a lot of people. Like a lot of people just kind of like Absolutely. threw their phone out the window and stopped paying attention to football for a couple of weeks. Yep. Like that was a, that was a really bad week. There, there's, there's two games this season that I thought really like really shook things. And the first game that I was, the way that this, so when Seattle went to Detroit, that game, hmm. that game inflated the fantasy football like scores so bad. I thought, and I, I, I shouldn't say that. Like we, we live for games like that. We love seeing a lot of scoring, but it just does yeah. not produce normal fantasy football outcomes. And that right. that game was just wild. And and then that um and then what happened? Cincinnati and Buffalo. Just just the way that that shook league outcomes. Just. It did, yeah. It, it changed things a lot. That. So I'm a commissioner in a redraft league, and there's a lot of my, I have I so I've cut back on my leagues a lot because I also do dynasty. So when you yeah. when you do dynasty, yeah. that's like that's the I call it the league. Of, um, was it uh League of Legends or no Dungeons and Dragons of fantasy football is when you're in dynasty yeah. leagues, and so um it's kind of tough to be in a lot of redraft leagues, but the one redraft league I commission. I just took all of the Buffalo and Cincinnati players out of people's lineups so that it wouldn't affect draft orders and it, and people wouldn't get too salty about the outcomes. I, I didn't know what other fair approach to do would have been. And, and it stunk because I had to do a lot of, you know, I had to go God mode on the league and basically move a lot of players around. But it was just what was most fair, unfortunately. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, 
I only had to do that in one league. Sure. Uh, there was only one league where it really mattered. And I just put out a league vote of, hey, what do you guys want to do? Yep. Uh, you know, and then the vote was for split the pot between the people that were in the, the competitions. So it was like, okay, first and second. I, the, That's what I The did. way that the yep. prizes were for that is first gets 70%, second gets 20%, and third gets 10%. Sure. Yeah. So then um, first and second split. 45 percent each nice that's and, that's yeah. really fair yeah we had so the, third and fourth split yeah five percent each which is like okay whatever no and but you know the guy who thought he was gonna win yeah was Ugh. very upset uh, it's like dude why wouldn't you why wouldn't you we had it the only issue we had for ours was the third place matchup so we did the 60 30 10 yeah. split uh and uh yeah. the third place matchup had a lot of um it, it the the one guy had a lot of Buffalo and Cincinnati players and uh, it was clearly tilting towards him winning the matchup and he, it wasn't going to happen. So I just split the third place pot. It, it was what was most fair. Uh, and they, they both right. agreed to it. So it, it just stung either way, but yeah, hopefully we don't have an unprecedented uh, end of season yeah. like that again. Yeah. And I, I wonder how many more people are going to include week 18 um in their championship uh weeks um moving forward after this i know it's not the best solution yeah but it's it's a it is a solution right no week 18 a lot of people you know it was like the old week 17 of sure. you know players get sad and weird things happen but i even heard some people wanting to cut their leagues back further because of week 16 with the titans and derrick henry sitting and they thought that was related to playoffs it's like no he was injured that was wild yeah <laughs> but, but people were like oh no i'm going to have my championship week 15 it's like no yeah no that sounds that... awful so you're going to have a bye in week yeah. 14 and ugh, no don't do that at that point at that point those people just need to start doing draftkings like seriously you, yeah. you, you you're you're play yeah. you're playing the wrong game if you think that you're going to have a you know a perfect a perfect sojourn across the NFL season in a fantasy football yeah. league like it's not going to be that way there's going to be hills and valleys mm-hmm. and there's going to be difficult outcomes whether you like it or not look at Jonathan Taylor owners they were fleet mm-hmm. absolutely fleeced so yeah our <laughs> Uh, yeah, I looked back at my uh, my Jonathan Taylor projection, and uh, it was it was pretty good. Okay, maybe should I go find it? And read it, to you? <laughs> it, it 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 stings too. Like I, I I'm a Badger fan, so it's like oh, like yeah, man, like you 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 want to see that? You want to see those guys do well? And it's like oh no, well no, uh, he he <laughs> he hit the thing, you know. So in. In 2021, he was the highest scoring PPR back. So yep. that means it's like, that's a bad sign. That's fair. You know, there's no, there hasn't been a repeat since 2003. So if that happens, then, you know, that's not good. And people are like, well, that's a stupid reason to put, take him out of your one spot. I'm like, okay, let me explain it to you. Sure. Here's all the things that are going to change and be different. And, and I wrote a whole article about how like, well, the Colts could, have Matt Ryan, and th- and now that they have Matt Ryan, they'll throw the ball more. They signed all these good defensive players, but they have a new defensive coordinator, so sometimes that means that their defense is not going to be as good, so then they won't run the ball as much. Yep. There's always the wonderful chance of an injury. 
maybe one of these undrafted free agent guys is going to get involved here. <laughs> Deion Jackson, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I made this list of like seven things of here's what, what could happen as of here's what's changed. And like every single one of those things happened this year. <laughs> it's like, Oh man. And, and uh, yeah, I wrote his article. I haven't published it yet, but it's uh, he, he finished 30th in total points this year. That's ugh. I know it, yeah. it was so funny because ESPN does the thing where they like project every week or like as soon as yeah. like right after the draft, how every, how the outcome of the season is going to be. And the the guy that in my, in my redraft league that drafted uh, JT one overall, he ended up finishing at the bottom and it was all, mm-hmm. I mean, he, there was a culmination of things that happened to his team, but Jonathan Taylor right. was, he was the, he was the spark that lit the fuse of just this awful explosion. Yeah. It, and I can imagine there were a number of, uh, a number of fantasy managers that dealt with that. So I can't imagine. Right. I, I don't like ever like to pin it on one pick or one player ruining your team. You can't. It's usually multiple that yeah. ruin it, not just one. No. Cause like, you're not going to have a perfect draft every no. year. You should know that. And in every league, like yeah and especially this year <laughs> i don't i don't know if that was even possible <laughs> but you have and, and but and what happened this, this year. is what i challenge jonathan taylor owners this season is like you have to be willing to evolve i think after yeah. we saw that there were five weeks that he wasn't going to be himself like that's a pretty strong sample size you need to you need to readjust and and people could have but so many people are oh, yeah. so if you if you have that number one overall pick, you are so covetous over that. And I'm just like, don't don't hold to, don't hold anybody too close. Like you have to be willing to you know part ways if they're if they're just stinking up your roster. It, it's it's not fun. Like if you have a stench in your house, you're gonna get rid of it. So right. why wouldn't you do the same with your fantasy roster? Just common sense to me, but. I could be wrong. I'm not the I'm not the expert. I'm just the analyst. Um all right. So I think this year, if we want to look at a perfect like litmus test for how the season went, I think the playoffs this season has really done a great job of just highlighting everything we've been saying all season. I think that the two best fantasy football teams um, from a win share perspective, now I'm not saying they're the best overall football teams, they, but it's really shaken out to be that way. And even like as we saw throughout the whole playoffs, it really seemed like fantasy football was a great litmus test to how these playoffs were going to turn out. I mean, look at who's in the Super Bowl. You have yeah, you have Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey top two players for fantasy football win share this year. Jalen Hurts, absolute stud. Miles Sanders finally had a healthy season, was an incredible asset for people that drafted him. Incredible value, too, for where he was drafted. Yep. A.J. Brown, yep. Devontae Smith had a better season. Uh, I, I mean, Jarek McKinnon helped a lot of people down the stretch getting into the playoffs. Pacheco looking great going into next season too. I'm a little frustrated that I traded him, but life goes on. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. What what do you think about the playoffs? I, I think that the playoffs have just been, it doesn't always go this way, but I think the playoffs were a good, uh, 
it, it basically verifying everything that we've been talking about all season in the fantasy world, at least. Yeah, yeah. From a fantasy and an offense and a points perspective, a lot of those good teams, except for the Bills, yep, were winning. And I think I think what what happened this year with the playoffs is that last year we were spoiled, and there was yes. a whole bunch of really good, really close games, and it was like, wow, that was great. And this year, it's like, how how many has there been so far? Like two that were close. <laughs> Every yep. other game was kind of a blowout, or it's just like, hmm. And it was just not very fun to watch, you know, mm-hmm. unless you're a fan of a certain team, you know. That's yeah, winning and... And, unless you're an Eagles yeah. fan, I don't think these playoffs have been very, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, Chiefs too. But yeah, I would say I'd agree with that take. It hasn't been the most competitive. So I just want to see more points, though. Both the unders hit, hit yesterday, and it was just kind of frustrating because all of the teams were capable of getting over like their their over under totals but the unders won yesterday it was sad sad to see yeah um and that's that is how it's been all year and that really threw me off a lot this year like um and i guess it's because the past couple years offense and fantasy points and scoring has been really high sure but this year like offenses in general have been sloppy and just not very great and consistent some people think it's because defenses got better i'm like i don't know not really some of them did but the good i I think they aren't gelling quite like they were the past couple of years and you know or they only have one really good pass catcher and not two or three so they don't really light it up like they did I heard you know? I heard something about like there is a big resurgence of like Tampa two looks on the defensive side of the ball, which was uh, mm-hmm. which was challenging teams to run more. But everybody yep. had gotten so pass heavy, and yep. there wasn't enough like there wasn't enough pl- teams that were capable of doing like kind of the short pass game or just evolving to what the defense was taking them like i like looking at like what cincinnati and kansas city do for example they're so Mm -hmm. good at taking taking what the defense gives them and they have the guys that can take those short passes and create offense in space whereas you look at the packers for example without Devonte adams they didn't have that guy and uh christian we didn't know christian watson was going to be that guy until it was too little too late but yeah. It's it, it it's like it's one of those things. It's just like looking at some of those teams, like even Detroit. They did like towards the end of the season, they did such a good job of just taking what the defenses were giving them and yeah. look at what they were able to do. And I just I think that even we're seeing a change of the guard at quarterback too. So I think we're seeing a lot of youth at that position, youth at the running back position. That uh, you know some of these guys don't get into their prime until they're, you know, the age of Austin Eckler, Christian McCaffrey. So I think that we're going to see positions get a lot younger, which is going to change scoring outcomes, which might be why scoring was lower than usual this season. So a lot of stuff mm-hmm. there, but it, it's something I'm, yeah. I'm going to actually take a look at that for the point totals, because I think that I I guess I knew that the unders were a little more active, but I didn't look at it very closely. So I'm going to take a deeper dive into that. Um, so, you know, as we're talking about regression, 
uh, where do you see regression going into next season, especially any particular players or position groups that have you, uh, have you kind of squinting a little bit at? You know, I don't know. I feel like this year kind of was a regression. Okay. So it's hard to, hard to pick out somebody who really like, there is a whole bunch of different quarterbacks who started this year because of injuries. Sure. There's a whole bunch of different running backs who got to start some games this year because of injuries. Um, receivers, like there was a handful of really good guys and then that was about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and tight ends, uh, the tight end landscape really hasn't changed much. Uh, it's kind of the same. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, <laughs> It's hard to to think about any kind of regression for 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 anyone or or any or I mean I could go with the obvious players who got a lot of touchdowns or something or you know, yeah like, like a Jamal Williams maybe you know maybe perhaps if I were to say regression this season I think veteran quarterbacks yeah oh that this is a question that I that I'm gonna ask on Twitter one of these days and maybe I'll save it for the summer is sure. Is it easier to project a player ascending or is it easier to project when they're going to have that regression? Okay. And I think it's, it's easier to predict someone on the ascent because, you know, you'll see someone who's good and they'll be good for five plus years, you know, and then you'll be like, well, he hit this age quota and he was still good. (laughs) And you'll be like, He's still good, right? Like Alvin Kamara, example. Yeah. But then you have a guy like Cordell Patterson who just hadn't played running yeah. hadn't played running back. So he was I mean, yeah, he was older, but because he hadn't taken some of those hits that other running backs right. had, like yeah. he still he doesn't have the same wear. Yeah, there. he still has some juice yeah. in the tank and he's still on contract next season. I mean, I'm not, yeah. I'm not trying to tell everybody go draft Patterson, like let him fall to you. Gosh. But like, yeah, he was a late pick yeah. this last year. He was actually, I mean, besides him being injured a bunch, serviceable. he was still a pretty good value. Serviceable. Yeah. yeah. Especially if yeah. he's going to score touchdowns on special teams, there's, you can't, you can't deny that. So, well, right. And he scored enough fantasy points in the weeks that he got to start Yeah, that he was like an RB one RB two, and you could draft him as your like third or fourth guy. No problem. Yeah. And it was like, okay, well, this, you know, you, you whip on your first round pick while well, you got Cordero Patterson to fill in for you. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. No. And that's my, that's my, that's my mission going into next season is I want to find, um, I want to find this coming season's, Cordell Patterson um, from the 2021 season or the Jamal Williams from this past season. Like I want to, or, or you could say James White 2019. Like I want to find, I want to find that next um, running back where the offensive coordinator and head coach are like, our game plan is shot, throw out the kitchen sink and we're just going to feed this guy, the rock. Like, I don't know who that's going to be. Yeah. I, I don't know who that's going to be yet. It's going to be some savvy vet. I'm not sure who, but I'm going to keep my eyes peeled for it. Right. So usually I hit on a lot of those guys. Okay. But you're right. Like this year, there wasn't really a guy like that. Jamal Williams. I mean, you could say there was good late picks. 
But right, how did you? How would you predict that Jamal would do that? What happened was Swift started the season, got hurt, and then Jamal got this massive workload <laughs> and a ton of touchdowns. And it's like, well, where'd that come from? <laughs> I think I think you're looking. You know? I think you're looking for a team that gets good field positioning, and then right. you're looking for a guy that gets the goal line touches. So. Say for example, like so, and th- and that's what ha- that's what happened with those particular guys I just mentioned from seasons past. So, and like I said, I I immediately got bearish on Swift during week one when I saw what was happening with the snap count and where, right. and yeah. to an extent, we could say that about Miles Sanders and Boston Scott. Once that yeah. once that game gets in the twenties and the tens. It's not always the it's not always the main back that's getting those touches. It's usually somebody mm-hmm. who can absorb some more hits or is a little stronger. And I didn't know that that was going to happen. And so as soon as I saw that DeAndre Swift wasn't going to get that action, I went and I traded him for Brees Hall. So it, it which was a no brainer mm-hmm. in my opinion. But you know, yeah. I, I could have been wrong about that. But I, that's that's what I'm looking for. Is I'm looking for something that we're not expecting. And it's just like, oh, wow, that was abnormal. I wonder if that's something that's going to happen all season. So who knows? Maybe I'll hit it. Maybe I won't. I'll be looking at your stuff to see if you do. But um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Pay attention for um, after the draft when I start doing those articles about every team and all the changes. Then you'll see like, okay, this team has this guy in their backfield. Hmm. And, you know, usually that's how I end up seeing and finding a lot of those things. It's like, this guy's not even getting drafted, but I know he's good. Yep. Uh, <laughs> you know, for sure. All right. So let's, let's move on to some, uh, some trends. So being that you have one of the highest like volume followings in fantasy football on social media, what were some of the interesting trends that you noticed, uh, people, uh, talking about around the fantasy football world, um, anything that stood out this season in terms of how people were approaching fantasy football? Um, I mean, a lot of people, what I'd say is a lot of people make the same mistakes every year. Uh, and and I, I try to catch those things and point them out to people. Um, but, you know, most people don't like to be told that what they're doing is wrong. <laughs> Nope. 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 <laughs> you know, so that that's, and I, I figured that out pretty fast and it's like, okay, how, how do I communicate this without upsetting somebody? Yep. And obviously what happens is a lot of people have recency bias. So like if a guy has a good game, they're like, Oh yeah. And a lot of people just have other biases. Like we were talking about Christian Watson a few times. You know, people are like, oh, well, his per game average is so <laughs> bad. And it's like, OK, um, well, you know, he kind of has been injured and hasn't really played much until this week. So if you just throw out everything before that and go from this point forward, he looks really good, mm-hmm. you know. And you could say that might be recency bias, but it's more like, no, his usage is different than it was before. Yep something has changed. And that's another thing that you, you pointed out earlier is that you have to roll with the punches. You have to change. You have to be learning new things all the time because like 
you know, you have these takes and these thoughts about how you think the season's going to go. But then once the season actually starts, you have to be ready to just throw any piece of that out the window because it's like, hey, if this could still happen, hold on. But if, if you see that it's clear that it's, it's gone, give it up. <laughs> you know, you have to evolve with the information, you know, um, and that's, that's really important. Um, so I find a lot of people like to obsess over players who did good last year. You know, it's like, well, next year's going to be different. Yep. You know, not everyone's as consistent as you, you might think. And defensive changes matter a lot when people don't like to pay attention to that. And coaching changes. Oh, gosh, coaches. Coaches are a huge deal. So Brian huge. Dayball, ooh, big change for the Giants. Way different with Saquon and, and Daniel Jones and all the receivers. Yep. It was awesome. It was. And, you and I bet you people are still going to be low on all those guys next year because they don't think that they're good. Yep. They think that this year was a fluke. For sure. No, we are we are a big uh we are a big Daniel Bellinger podcast. We we oh, we love we love his potential. We love his potential. He is on the trajectory of standard tight end progression. They don't right. they don't get a lot their rookie year. It's just it's just status yeah. quo. But you look at his snap percentage. He is out there all the time. Similar to Christian Watson with the Packers. Yeah, he wasn't getting every pass, but he was out there run blocking and that's when in the right situation quarterback calls out of the run play who's out there yep. it's a target and bellinger had was running routes he was blocking uh, i like looking at so something i want i challenge people to look at is snap percentages with offensive players because even if yep. the pass catchers aren't getting the pass they're out there and as yep. as offenses mature like daniel jones and brian dable and the giants will mature that offense is going to be looking nice, especially once they start adding some more pieces. Like, just just stay tuned. I'm not saying that Bellinger is going to be the next Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, but in terms of relevance, he's he's definitely able to have a Robert Tanyan like year in 2020 if everything aligns. I would say, you know, I'll I'll take your take a, a step further than that, actually, sure. um, and I would say Bellinger. Looks a lot like Pat Fryerman. Okay. Not, like not, you know, but like maybe like usage wise in how much no, he could improve sure. in his second season and him probably being a good value pick. And that was one of my picks is, and another set of set of articles that I like started writing this year. It's just like, Hey, younger players get better. So you want to, you want to draft that guy who's a sophomore that yep. you think is going to get better. You want to sure. draft that third year receiver that that really is a thing. <laughs> no. It, it, and then uh, I'll really write an is. article about, all right, here's all the third year guys last year. They all had their best season. <laughs> yeah. And here's all the third year guys this year. If they're not being drafted higher than they were the year before, they're probably a good value pick. Yeah. Uh, and you know, it kind of depends for sure. But. And adding, adding to your take there, if that player has been with the same coordinator, for yeah. that duration yeah. of time too, huge, mm -hmm. huge dividends. Yes. So, yep. That is something that I noticed for, for every player is that if their coordinator stays the same and if the quarterback and the receivers and all that, like the core of people stays the same and they were good, not, not if they were kind of crappy, yep. but if they were good, 
then they'll probably all be better together the next year. Yep. Not always, but a high percentage of the time. That's what happens. For sure. For sure. Oh, gosh. Uh, just, I, I'm thinking so many thoughts with what we're saying here, especially, <laughs> especially related to the chargers. Uh, if they, oh. if they, if they get who it's looking like they're getting at offensive coordinator, I, uh, yeah. I, I am concerned for the well being of that offense and, uh, seeing, um, some Austin Eckler. Moore? Yeah. Well, uh, I'll have, you know, that, you know, whether or not it's good for the team is one thing, but whether or not it's good for the fantasy team is another thing. I know. I, they're two you different. Know? They're two different concepts. I, I 100% right. understand that, but uh, you know, being from the fantasy football side of it, I'm like, this could, this could, this could be bad. I do think they needed to move on, but I don't know if he was the best option for them. So. I, right. I, 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 hey, I don't think he's officially hired, no. but it, it it would make sense. I mean, I don't know who else is really out there as an option at, at this time, but yeah. Um, and and then that you know we can loop back to the the running back thing. Sure. These past two years with Lombardi have been the best years of Austin Eckler's career, and now he's gone. <laughs> and some people still just slapped Eckler. Hey, he was the highest scoring PPR back this year. So he's obviously the one, one next year. It's like, no, no, no. like the number one rule is if he was, he's going to regress for some reason. And then the, the guy who made him that guy <laughs> being gone is a pretty strong reason, Yep. but most people don't even care about the coach. They're like, nah, it's all because of how good the player is. It's like, well, sort of, except for the guy telling the player to get it at the ball at the goal line all the time, giving him 20 touchdowns the past two years. Yeah. That guy's kind of important. And, and you know what? We could both, we could both be wrong here and nothing, nothing better than being proven wrong. That's one thing I always try to leave room for. I, I try to at least leave room for error. Like, I just tell people this is not financial advice. This is just no. this, this is just fantasy football. So we we were completely wrong about the Seahawks. We were completely wrong about the Broncos this season. And so with that being said, you know, we could be wrong about these changes they're making in Chargerland. So um yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'd like to be proven right. wrong. There's a lot more yet to change yet. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um all right, so trends. Um, on a side note, I just, I'm curious, what's the craziest, uh, fantasy football take, um, that, or just, just something that somebody has said that is just like off the wall, just shouldn't even have been said, but they felt the need to tweet it anyway. What's just give us some, give us a taste of what the craziest one you you've seen. Right. One from before the season or one from really currently just yeah give or, it give us a give us a crazy preseason one season and in season sure. one. yeah just give us those two all right so this is one that i heard and i thought was hilarious and i also said myself because it was funny is that um patrick mahomes threw 50 touchdowns and was an mvp when sammy watkins was on his team <laughs> and then 
Lamar Jackson was the MVP with Sammy Watkins on his team. Oh, no. And now <laughs> Sammy Watkins is here with the Packers. So Aaron Rodgers has thrown 50 touchdowns and win the MVP this year. And it's like, that's not really how it works, but it, it's, you know, like, that, yeah, that, that was pretty good. I was like, you know, that's dumb. That's not really how this works, but I love it. it that's pretty funny. Especially as a Packers fan. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll, We'll right. do anything it's to, like, yeah, to spin that. Yeah, not going to happen, but I like it. And then the more recent stuff, I think, is, and some people are probably, would would be upset with me saying this, but people are like, Brock Purdy, he's the man. He's going to start next year. And it's like, oh, I don't think so. Like, do you know how good Trey Lance is and could be? And they're like, oh, he sucks. He's barely played. And it's like, okay, I guess you just can't see the potential that everybody else does yeah. or most people do. But they're like, oh, but yeah. And they'll point out some random stat or some 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 something or week one in that big rain game or it's or him just being too injury prone or it's like, okay. Uh, Simultaneously, yeah. scouts scouts across the league. Um, the the pro scouts, the scouts that um, the yeah. scouts that watch film on every other team throughout the season, and defensive coordinators and specialists across the league and the media now have a library of hundreds yeah. of plays to watch now and just dissect every Brock Purdy move. If you don't think that yeah. that's not happening right now as we speak, you are a fool. Like they are, they are, <laughs> no, they are, he's going to continue <laughs> never getting a turnover. They are, they, they winning every game. Those, those guys are going to have, uh, di- they're going to so. have dissertations written on Brock Purdy by the time, uh, by the time, uh, mini camp rolls around. He, he's going to be a red book. And you know what? I wish him all the best. It's really cool. His story. Yeah. I know a lot of people from Iowa that just, they, they spoke very highly of him and he, he is taking it on with such grace and such confidence. Oh, but yeah. I just have to be a realist with, with these flash in the pan quarterbacks that come in and it's like, mm-hmm. all right, you, you, sh- you showed some stuff, but what, are, how is your game going to evolve? The, some could say yeah. some of his reads were very elementary and, Shanahan has mm-hmm. a way to make quarterbacks look like any, any any quarterback look like an MVP candidate. So I yeah. I am I am with you there Brock Purdy just just be be careful. Yep, yeah, I I'm one of those guys who would pick up and start CJ Pathard and, and not look back and For score sure. 20 fantasy points. <laughs> no, but that's just Shanahan yeah. and a quarterback, you know, peanut butter and jelly yeah. right there. It, it's, just do these little dink and dunk passes and our speedy guys will just take the rest of the yeah. way. <laughs> no, for sure. He, yeah, yeah. I, I'm confident that you and I could survive in Shanahan's offense. Like we, oh, yeah. we, we would I could throw a touch on that offense. Sure. Yeah, in that offense, underhand. Yeah. Yep. Granny shot it. No, for sure. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. So, all right, let's, uh, what, what, in your opinion, what's the hallmark of a good fantasy league? Well, uh, I think what's good is that, like, you know, partway through the season or late in the season, everyone's records are really close, and all the points scored and points against are really close. Parity. That's when you know, like, right, like everyone's really good, everyone's really evenly matched. That's that's a good league. Um, 
and then like a bad league is which I found out this year. I I got into some leagues with some people I didn't know and they were really awful toxic people. <laughs> and and some of them freaked out and quit. Yep. And drop, you know, yeah, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I've never had this happen before." <laughs> And it was wild. I was like, what am I supposed to do? I, I guess I'm just going to invite random people into this league to take over their teams. But now that feels unfair to everybody. You know, you got it. So, yeah. yeah, no, that's the tough part about getting into leagues with randos. It's just it, and I'd say for for my opinion on a hallmark of a good fantasy team is when you have a strong friend group and everybody knows each other and can hold each other accountable that that's a game changer i would rather be in a i would rather be in a six team league with everybody that i knew super well and i knew that they were going to put out a consistent lineup every week than be in and be in a 12 team league where a quarter of the teams basically hang up the cleats week four because they're going four or something like that like i will i will pound that point home don't try to go for the standard 12-team half-point PPR rubric that everybody says you need to have. If you have... if you have, mm, I don't like that. Well, that's that's what... Unfortunately, that's what is standard now. I don't agree with it either. I think that it should be a lot more I open. Think, but from what I yeah. know, the most popular... I thought the most popular league type was 10-team full PPR. No, it's actually... So industry standard right now is 12-team half-point PPR. Uh, I don't agree with it either. Mm. I, I I play in full PPR leagues, but uh, that's what... When did that change? I'm not... <laughs> I, I don't know. I, honestly, I'll have to look I, this up. I've, just, I've just seen everybody talking about it as if it was arbitrary from the big podcast. So I would love your insight into that, but I, I've just I heard... would agree that a lot of people who are into fantasy football think that that's uh, uh, the the best format, or they like it. Sure, but I don't think it's actually the most popular format. Okay, interesting. Like I... the most leagues. I you know what I mean? I like if you go on to fantasy football Twitter and you talk sure. to a lot of people. There's going to be a whole bunch of people in Superflex Dynasty leagues yeah. that are, are full PPR, and then there's going to be a whole bunch of people that are in half PPR redraft leagues. Yeah, and a lot of them are twelve teams. Yeah, and they think that since that's what they play, that that's what the most popular is. So I think it's for like, I think well, for redraft that redraft I think that's the most popular, but I it could hmm. be for Dynasty. You should could you run a poll on that this off season? I could, but it would be skewed towards people who are on there doing stuff, not okay. towards bummer. You know, I, I there's a way to look up. I, I think that I read some articles a while back. I think it was from Yahoo about what the league sizes are okay. and what the standard scoring is. And I think for the most part, it's whatever their default settings is when you create a new league. Yeah. Okay. And I'm pretty sure most sites like the big ones like NFL and uh, Yahoo. NFL, and Yahoo, ESPN. ESPN, CBS, Sleeper. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think Sleeper does it too. I think most of them do 10-team full, full point PPR. Interesting. 
as like the default. I, I think thought, Sleeper might do 12. I thought, I thought, well, okay. So then that must be Sleeper propaganda then pushing the 12 team. Yeah. Cause I see Sleeper being the most like active on the socials pushing that. So interesting. Right. What I, what I think I noticed is that like, um, like if you try to join random free leagues and you look at like the queue of the drafts yeah. and you can see which ones are filling up. I think that's another pointer towards what's most popular. You can kind of tell by looking at that. I'm gonna have to do some research on this now. Yeah, that that this is a good. Right. I mean, if something else is more popular. I'm gonna have to focus my articles differently. I know. <laughs> I've just been going with what others say is standard. Uh, you know, on Reddit and mm-hmm. stuff. Everyone's like twelve point half Ooh. PPR, twelve point half PPR. I'm like, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, so that's just why I've been. I've been in full PPR. Sure it's popular on Reddit. Yeah, I've been on full PPRs <laughs> my whole stretch, so I don't even really think twice about half point PPR except going into the podcast because that's what most people do in my opinion it's different but, yeah it's different for sure okay uh i haven't been in one for a while and i was in a few this year okay and running backs are better than than receivers again with with a half ppr sure. okay interesting but the boom weeks are kind of harder to predict for receivers it's more it's closer to standard or at least it feels that way that's my my thought on it. Okay, interesting. Standard scoring is in no no point per yeah. Reception, yep, mm-hmm. which was yeah. the most popular pre twenty fifteen sixteen. That's, I think. Yep. No, when I first started fantasy football two thousand nine, it was all standard. So yeah, yeah. That, so that was most popular for a long time. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. All right. So that that's good off season content. I'm definitely going to be jumping on some of that. Um. So off season. What are you looking most forward to this off season? Uh, you know, and what are you what what are you looking forward to going into the preseason? Hmm. Well, I mean, there's there is a handful of good. It, it, there's a a handful of good free agent running backs and a whole bunch of good running backs in the draft. Yes. And I feel like because of an abundance of both of these things, somebody's going to get left out. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah. going to be good players out there on free agency just floating around and who might retire, which is, it sounds weird. It's true though. I, I can't remember the last time that happened. Um, I, it happened. It's been a few years. It, the, the random retirements, it feels like that happens like on the line, like on the lines more than like the positions, but it, right. it, it, it could happen. Like you, you never know. Like somebody just is like, on vacation and they're like you know what i don't like anymore getting in a car crash every sunday and then <laughs> so i it, it's not out of the realm of possibilities so i i get it um it could happen but i feel like it happens more so between the offensive and defensive lines but yeah if it if it yeah. happens you know yeah. who knows um that's that's good stuff the running back you know the running back circle the running back world will be an interesting one because yeah, there is a lot of talent. And I think we're, we're one of the other guys I have on the podcast regularly, Byron Cobalt. He said, don't be surprised if we're starting to talk about running backs aging even faster than what we are today, because like, as soon as they have one season, Mm -hmm. there's a chance that they could already be shot. Like Brees Hall with his knee injury, who knows what kind of, running back he's going to be when he comes back we we hope he's going to be a stud but 
that injury is going to be. Yeah, what I'm starting to him. see, or um, what I think I, I've I've been noticing is with ACL tears like that, is that for a running back, like it seems like the average is about a full year of recovery to get back to where they were for a receiver. But for a running back, it seems like it's longer than that. Like if you look at J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. Yeah. And it's like they were better. They they looked pretty good, but it's like, you know, they aren't quite there yet. Dobbins and, and you know <laughs> Dobbins definitely looked like he was running with one leg for for some of those right. uh, some of those series. I was like, well, and should... you know, he probably was because yeah, I broke my leg at one point, and that's what I looked like after I came back from breaking my leg. His one leg was just stronger than the other. No, yeah, so and, it was and, pushing and, me off. And and you and you weren't playing in NFL football games, so you no. didn't have to worry about somebody landing on you. So that yeah, that's no. that's a good point. Yeah, so look at J.K. Dobbins next season. Could be surprised. Yeah. Um. All right. Um. As we wrap things up here. Uh, seeing that we're both uh, Packer fans, let's do a little Aaron Rodgers talk here. This is this is this is shaking yeah. up to be pretty interesting. I I am I am on a team. Uh, it it uh, give Aaron his flowers. It's been it's been great having you here, but I yeah. think that Packers can do a lot better things than take a sixty million dollar cap hit. Not oh. this season, but next season. I'm I'm ready to free up that cap space, get out of cap hell, and just see what we can get for him. Like if he's gonna get a get the Packers multiple first round draft picks, let's do it. Like I'm I'm here yeah. for it. Uh yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat. Um I mean obviously for us every year it's been is Rogers gonna retire or quit or be mad or be yep. traded? And it's like no. <laughs> No, be, he's not. Be mad. I think like every be- year it's been like no, 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 no. But this year it's kind of like okay. He, I mean, if the trade offer is right, I can see it happening. You know. Yep. The, there's uh, there's only a few teams I think that are stupid enough to do it though, uh, and I think it. I think I, I don't. I know, don't. I don't know if the Jets. I don't know if Joe Douglas is 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 going to do that. Because uh, right. uh, with the Jets, but I could see Mark Davis and the Raiders doing something like that. So that's why, sure. like everybody's everybody's saying now, there's still a chance that Aaron goes to the Jets. But I, I I'm I don't know if I don't know if that's the case. Like I don't know if I don't know if the Jets are gonna do something like that. So right, it, there's there's I that of who would want him, and I to be honest, I don't think it's all that stupid. Of a move no, for some it, teams, you know, it um, it, it, it is and it isn't it, at the same time. Yeah, yes, it's like if your team is good right now, and you just need that quarterback to get you over the hump. Perfect, bring him in. You know, so you got to yeah. think what teams fit that profile. In the Jets, kind of do. <laughs> They do. They do. The Jets. Uh, they their, their they defense was so good this last year, and their Incredible. offense was yep. so bad. <laughs> it was just. Uh. And I would say something stupid like the Broncos would be great, <laughs> but <laughs> they obviously they're stuck with Russell Wilson, and they got to ride that out. Uh, 
Yeah, that's yeah, a, I don't that, know who else that's an interesting that one. I don't and I don't even know if it's like Aaron Rodgers and Nathaniel Hackett are boys like that. Like, yeah, Nathaniel Hackett was his offensive know. coordinator for a few years, but I I don't think there's this magnetism that between the two where it's like, oh, if we get Hackett, that means Rodgers is just going to come. Or it, it it I don't think it works like that. And I also wouldn't be surprised if Rodgers just ends up staying in Green Bay too. But no. just right. based on I mean, what based on the sentiment, I think there's a chance he's traded. Right. Like this past year for the Packers was like a big show of their weaknesses that they've had over the past couple of years. And and it actually it's been a long time that the Packers the Packers run defense has not been good for a while. And what no. what happens to them is if the other team can score on them and then start running the ball to salt the clock away, they lose. They're done. <laughs> yep. Because the defense can't stop anybody once that starts happening. And then people make stupid posts about how Aaron Rodgers can't make a comeback win. It's like, uh, <laughs> the defense can't either. <laughs> so, yep. you know, the, uh, uh, cul- it's like, yeah, he can score issues. points, but it doesn't matter, you know? Nope. Uh, and nope. then, yep. right. And then, so this year it was like, almost like a rebuild, like a fresh start. Um, cause of Adams being gone and watching, I mean, people thought he just wasn't doing anything at the start of the season. He was hurt. Uh, and then once he, was he coming came off back, surgery, he was coming off surgery. Right. Yeah. Well, then once he was good and was playing, it was like, oh, wow. Like he really could be something. And then he kind of fell off again of, you know, like they weren't communicating quite right. And they just whiffed on some plays. And it was like, ah, and then it was kind of over. But then there there was also games earlier in the season where the Packers had to lead by a score or two scores and they were barely running the ball. And it was like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? And then like a couple games after that, they're like, you know, we have two really good running backs. Maybe we should give them the ball. I know. It was... And that and that makes me think like, you know, how good uh, is McDaniel? You know, I, I don't how good are our coaches? I would, I, I, just... I would agree. I, I would agree with that. And I don't know uh, that that I've heard a lot of stuff about with Lafleur and things of that. Lafleur, yeah. Yeah, like I'm like, oh, like it's the coordinators. It seems like more than him, but he's the one that brings those guys in. So. It, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens if Jordan Love gets the nod, because that's basically a new lease on life for Lafleur. Uh, yeah, you know, and then it and and this also will be attributed to uh, Gutekunst's uh, legacy as well, Jordan Love, because yeah. that was his first uh, that was his first uh, draft pick he ever made. So. Um, a lot of a lot of things hanging in the balance for us Packers fans this off season. Uh, those of you that listen to the podcast, you'll get to hear me lament about it. I'm sure more than you'll want to, but um, like I said, I try to keep the Packer bias as limited as possible. But hey, it's it's what we know, so we're gonna bring it up every once in a while. So, but with that being said, um, we're gonna close things up here with Jake. We really appreciate you hopping on this evening, Jake. Uh, tell the people where they can find you, follow you. And, uh, do you got anything else you want to promote? 
Uh, no, not right now. Uh, I probably, I probably don't need to promote my sponsors that, you know, I get enough of that. Um, uh, you can find me on, on jakesffootball.com. The F is for fantasy, of course. Uh, and Jake's F football on Twitter is a good place to follow me. I've been trying to get more active on Instagram and Facebook as well. Um, and yeah, if you go to my site, you should be able to find all of that. Or if you go to my Twitter, that's usually the the best place to interact with me. I'm, I'm pretty active on there. I'll try to, I try to get conversations started, but it doesn't always happen, you know? <laughs> yep. But when they do, I, they're I, great. I try to, right. I noticed that like, if you ask a very simple, easy to answer question, you'll get a lot of answers and it'll get a lot of traction. If you ask something more complicated and, and, and would be more interesting for people who are really into football, like nobody cares. Yep. <laughs> No, nobody, almost nobody responds. And it's like, okay, uh, how do I, how do I take the, the keep it simple, stupid method and point it in this direction? And, you know, I haven't quite figured that out yet. I don't, I don't know if you can, maybe you just start it simple and just hope somebody else goes that direction (laughs) for you. (laughs) Yep. That's all you can do. All you can do is send the, send whatever your thought is to the ether and then hope somebody, uh, Hope somebody yeah. catches wind of it, and uh, yeah, it's all we can do, mm-hmm. right? And when it hits, it's great, and when it doesn't, well, at least we tried. So with that being right. said, Jake, we appreciate your time this evening, and uh, we hope that you come back on the show sometime. And uh, with that being said, enjoy the off season, enjoy the Super Bowl, and uh, we appreciate you coming on. So have a great night. Yeah, you too. Hey, do you want to invest in your favorite players like stocks? Well, with Prediction Strike, you can. Now, this app, Prediction Strike, you can buy and sell shares and athletes and build a portfolio based on who is going to perform in their games or just your favorite players. Download the app and use the code PHANTOM with an F, all capitals, when you sign up. Prediction Strike, the world's first sports stock market. Hello, this is Simon Short of the Phantom Football Podcast, part of the Phantom Podcast family. Every Tuesday, join me, Benjamin Parker, and Ronan Summers as we react to and analyze every game, piece of news, and trend across the NFL. Listen, subscribe, rate, and review the Phantom Football Podcast on Apple and Spotify. Follow the Phantom Football Podcast on Twitter at Phantom Football and email the show at phantomfootballpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. All right. To wrap things up with this episode, we just want to give Jake's Fantasy Football a big shout out and a huge, uh, a huge thank you for taking time out of his evening to stop by and just talk fantasy football with us. It was a great chat and ball with him. And hopefully we can do it again in the future sometime. But in the meantime, we're going to continue to try to get awesome guests to add to the podcast just to give everybody some interesting insights in fantasy football. And we're just going to keep them coming. Keep them coming the best we can. Please uh, like, comment, review, subscribe, anything, wherever podcasts are found. Try to keep the show very open and fluid to as many platforms as possible in the podcast world. So 
Any additional support is appreciated. And I'm going to keep trying to get these episodes out the best I can. We have some awesome stuff in the pipelines that's scheduled out. So just uh, everybody look forward to that. Stay tuned. Follow us on Twitter at FSM underscore fantasy. Uh, Check us out on phantomsportsindustries.com. We have all of those. Those are where we're most active, I I would say. And uh, yeah, look, check out some of the other Phantom content. It's a great time. We really love bringing this stuff out to all of you. So with that being said, this is Brandon from the Phantom Fantasy Football Podcast. Hopefully I get to see you all at the next episode. Peace.